welcome to the first episode of High Topics. I'm your host, Kel Hawk, a.k.a. The Cannabis Connector. I connect the people to the cannabis and sometimes the cannabis to the people, all on High Topics. So today, we got a really good show coming up. It's a guest we have, our first guest on the show. Is uh, somebody that I knew, brother that I knew since about 2015, 2016. Been in the cannabis industry since then. Fast forward to now, he's the um, buyer's manager for Hollywood High Grade, which is doing really well. I can say so myself. I've seen the transition since he's been uh, the manager. And uh, patients, a lot of people are just happy with the product that's going in, coming into the shop now. So he's responsible for that. Further ado, I'm gonna give you Paul Hansen right here with us today. All right, cool, thank you. Thank you for that introduction. No problem. And yeah, it's been quite the ride for the past, what, four years? You know, the cannabis industry has been through a lot of transition. Yeah, yeah. And you were there right there, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, you've seen it all, man. So uh, let me just ask you, uh, I met you 2015, 16. So before that, was you in the cannabis already, and uh, what got you into the cannabis industry? So I've been in it for about 12 years now. Uh, basically, when I I came from Sacramento, California, I moved out here to L.A. probably about 15 years ago, something like that. But I started in theater. I was just out here trying to do the theater thing, and music, right, too, right, yeah. play some low brass instruments. So I was trying to do a little bit of both of that. Yeah, and, that's uh, the same, not to cut you off, but that's the same like me too. I came out here for music from Philadelphia. So, you know, like you come out here and you just try to, you know, you chase a dream and then you find out, you know, cannabis is where Find it out, is, yeah, right? playing yeah. the trombone doesn't pay rent very right. well. Yeah, yeah, here, you yeah know? exactly, yeah. I, they're, they're, Neither they're, they're sitting in the studio like, oh, <laughs> making mixtapes. Yeah, we had some successes. There were some yeah. successes in there. But, yeah. uh... But yeah, it's like, you know, as, as a young struggling artist, you're, you're always trying to find uh, ways to make money because you got to eat. Right, yeah, right, right. So yeah, before I get into the next question, I know that you are somewhat of a wine drinker, not calling you an alcoholic or nothing like that. But I know you <laughs> no, like you're the wine. alcoholic. <laughs> well, we're gonna, we're not going to talk about that. Right now, we're talking about this cannabis. So I do have some Rebel Coast wine right now I want to pour for you. You like the sparkling, the pink passion, or uh, what's this right here? It's, uh, what is this? It's just the Rebel Coast. It's the non sparkling. Let's try that. We'll give that a try. I'm pretty familiar with this company, actually. It used to come in bottles. I think it still might. But there is no alcohol in these beverages because there can't no. be because that actually goes against California law. Uh, go right there. For any of you watching, alcohol, cannabis have got to be separate there cannot be any in a licensed shop you can't have can't mix it yet. any yeah. alcohol on the premises actually is what the what the regulations say right so you right, can't even right. have yeah. anything in there and that includes tinctures that are made with alcohol and is there, too, is which there is, a reason for that like did they did they emphasize like why they it's just politics it? it's just politics they just don't want the two to go together they think that it's way too impairing that way and so that's why I see a lot of tinctures that are made of like coconut oil, right, know, right? Things right, like that. Right. So there's a lot of that in the like licensed. That'd be a change retailer. whenever they do merge them two <laughs> together. That'd be something different, man. Maybe definitely, man. Yeah. So take us on the history lesson. That's what I want to talk about. Like you know, we transition now. We're into recreational. You can be 21 and buy it just like you buy alcohol. 
But I want to talk about before then, like, uh, let's talk about when it was medical and before, like, how did it get to that medical phase to even get to where we are now? So cheers to where we are now, yes, by the way. Shit. We've come a sure, long sure, way, yeah. for sure. Having cannabis wine. This is cannabis mm -hmm. wine? Yeah, that's nice. That's good. That's it good. actually has a that's wine taste. Crazy. It tastes like. Do I want to say a, a pinot or something it, like that? Like I, I'm, I'm not a little like, bit. You know, it's a little bit on the spicier side. Yeah. You know. Yeah. A little. You know. I don't want to seem like I'm a. Exactly. I'm, here, yeah, like I'm not a notes of a, you know yeah. the peppermint. <laughs> yeah. and the, there's a no no. But it's uh, it good. definitely <laughs> has a taste of like I don't taste cannabis. I know nope. a lot of people don't like the you know the edibles and certain things. They're like, it probably has a medical medicine taste. Right. Pe beverages typically have a low dose of, uh, yeah, 10 milligrams THC. You can only go to 100 milligrams. That's the, that's yeah. the law in California. But typically drinks will be around like 5, 10 milligrams. I think can does like 2.5. Yeah. So and they mix like a CBD, THC. Yep. Type yep. Of yep. They have ratio beverages as well. Um, but so going back to your question, a, a lot of people. What I'll say is like, there's a lot of people that know the history of how we got basically to here. Like a lot of people will talk about uh, prohibition right. and hemp and you know, how, how like basically like, you know, you, you had like the whole paper industry like going against the hemp industry and you had big alcohol trying to like Shed stop everything. Like, like everyone kind of like knows a lot of the roadblocks along the way, but what people don't know is how it became medical. And right. there's a yeah. whole story there as to how it became medical, you know, like how, because it's legal now, but there was a long process that yeah, goes the with process, decades, Yeah, the process, yeah, people don't know that. People yeah. don't understand, you know, people just think about like, I guess into like, what, I wanna say like the late 90s? Or something yeah, like there's that. a lot like, of legislature that happened to, to get yeah. to where it was, so but it basically started in the 70s is where I would put exactly. it. If you, if you yeah. have to pinpoint where legislation started, probably be around, yeah, early 70s. And and what really happened, like if you, if you go back, uh, the guy who started all, his name is Dennis Perone. So Dennis that is Perone. the guy, yeah. Because I remember like years ago, I was sitting at this dispensary I was working at and I was just kind of thinking like, w w someone had to have started the first dispensary. Right. And whoever did, there's gotta be a story there. Like who, who did that? And so I started like really looking into it. I'm like, and I, you know, you start doing your Google searches and, oh, Dennis Perone. Okay. Right. And he has this ebook out there <clears throat> and it's not really big though. Like, like there's, there's not a whole lot of publication about, I mean, there is, I would say up till like this year, like it's starting to get out there, but, but he started, th this all started back in the seventies. And Dennis Perone, know? I mean, uh, so was he like a uh, advocate or, you know, what was, was his He was a gay hippie. Before? Yeah, so he wow. he was yeah he was living in uh, San Francisco at the time okay. the Castro district and uh, you, you got to look at what you got you got to go back to the to the seventies. First of all, he was in the Vietnam War, so you know you're going to the late sixties here. But he fought there and brought cannabis, just probably a couple of duffel bags, out to San Francisco. And he just kind of sold a little bit to his friends, and yeah. uh, so sounds I'm like not a, saying that's like a, uh, Boston George story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not saying that's that's the first time cannabis was in San Francisco, but if you look what's going on, you know, he they're they're basically you know, you got you got the Castro just so dur during that time, uh being gay was actually just like you, you 
during that time, you, you didn't really talk about a whole lot right. because like, like you, you're living in a time when it's just, you know, obviously it's just frowned upon. Oh, it's yeah, looked, yeah, but yeah, like, people just like, didn't like talk about it. Yeah, yeah sure. exactly. And so like during the, also like San Francisco was going through a giant upheaval, you know, during that time. There's like just all this stuff going on, all these politics, and uh, but then like once you start going getting into the 80s well now you're getting into the aids epidemic AIDS, and that's like the early 80s right yep and and th- and this is where it kind of all started was in the 80s during the aids epidemic and wow. you, you, so he was pretty much like somebody that come in and just like i don't want to say a savior but just something like he had a vision of like this is this helps well, people well, yeah, and so, so, so what, what ended up happening was, well, during the AIDS epidemic, a lot of the gay community, they, a lot of their friends are dying left and right. And it's kind of funny, we're talking about that right now while we're in the middle of our own little pandemic right now, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. people are dying, no one knew what was going on, you know? But this isn't their, Very true. this is not their first radio, rodeo for the, for the gay community. They've been through this. Right, yeah. Okay, so yeah. their friends are dying left and right and no one knows what's going on. It's just like a really sad time and everyone's scared. And on top of that, you have like the Reagan administration, which is totally against the whole gay community. And yeah. there's just no civil rights happening for them whatsoever, <laughs> you know? You didn't. You still didn't talk about it. And so at the same time, your friends are dying. And all Dennis Perot knew at that time was that his friends needed help. Like the whole community needed help, help right. and so they knew that when you smoked weed, yeah, it'll, it alleviated a lot of pain. And one kind of uh, symptom of AIDS, you got you got like withering syndrome, which is one thing. So and it's hard to. With, with the, so that's a side effect of having being HIV AIDS. Right. It's like you just don't want to eat. You can't. And so like no appetite, you, exactly. Right. So you want to make yourself eat. So. A lot of people would smoke weed because that would give them the, the appetite munchies. that they needed. So they <laughs> yeah, and so eat. You, exactly. So uh, you we had need, that. We need to take a quick sip for Danny. Yeah. Dennis, I mean, I'm sorry. Take a Dennis quick Perron? sip for Dennis, yeah. Sit for him. So, Dennis Perron. Good guy. Well, I do have a question for you, man. I want to light this up and just join me. Let's do it. Why you over there like that? I, I have a question. I found out about uh, you. I'm sure you're familiar with his name, Brownie Mary. Mm. Brownie Mary. That was Tell us about Brownie Mary. Well, Dennis Perone started the first shop. It's the Cannabis Buyers Club. Now he had his whole circle of friends. Brownie Mary would be the one who started the. Basically, she's known as who started the edible movement. Because so, that, but before we get into Brownie Man, I gotta go back. So you're saying Dennis Perron? He opened the very first dispensary. He opened the first dispensary before like, it was legal, before it was medical. Very first. One. Very first. Yeah. Um, in in San Francisco. In San Francisco, Castro District. Yeah, and it was called the Cannabis Buyers Club. Yeah. And, and so this was started specifically for AIDS patients at the time, or well, AIDS patients, uh, people that had any kind of issues whatsoever, you know, glaucoma, cancer, glaucoma, right, anything, right. because that's the it's a medicine, is what cannabis is, and he knew that, and so he was just trying to treat. Every, I mean, the majority was 
AIDS patients and, at that and this time. Was, what, year, what year was this that he opened this? We're all through the 80s, right? Like, like, I just found it so crazy that's like he opened that in the 80s. He had people backing him that it was helping him, and that's back in the 80s. And he, so yeah, it changed locations. Yeah, there was a time it was called the Big Top, and that was when it was at a restaurant, It was, and they had Ooh. the whole dispensary above this restaurant, but it's not like one specific year. This thing was open for a while. And it was gigantic. It, w- it was a huge building. It had like multiple stories, and we're talking like about two hundred people probably worked there. But it wasn't just like workers; it was a community. So right. people helped each other out. Like if you wanted a haircut, you would go there. Like <laughs> there was a floor where people, you know, there were beds. Like yes. you could, yeah. Get, yeah, people were donating their time to give haircuts, things like that. It was just mm-hmm. like a community effort. Like mm-hmm. everyone, yeah. And that's where the donation term in the industry came from. Well, that's, yeah, so, because legally, you can't, it wouldn't be a sale. It'd be a donation, because right, we're not in the, we're, we're, we're not even in the medical area yet, not, yeah. we're, let alone recreational. So, these, yes, they were donations. And so, that's what buyer's clubs were at the time, is that they would accept donations for a membership. You'd have a membership to these clubs. Club, right. Yeah, yeah, which buyer's is why, club. even to this day, when you go get your doctor's rec, that's yeah, uh, you, that, that's a, that's like your membership card, you know. Yeah. So that's almost something that had like you kind of want to just have that just for the snap, knowing that like you know just the you know like the membership card because right. even when I first moved out here when I first moved out the first thing I did before I even changed my ID first thing I did was get a cannabis card when I went back home was just showing that off having like a legitimate cannabis club card you yep. know because now they have it in Philadelphia but yep. it's just like before then it was like. Yeah, but you have to go back, and it's like, well, how did how did we get there? You know, so right. it's like, how did this become medical? Well, it's like, the whole thing that happened was going back to what I was talking about, like AIDS patients dying left and right, and they they were saving lives, is what they were doing because yeah. they they were giving people this medicine, medicinal marijuana, and mm-hmm. what they realized that there's a thing in the Constitution where you can break a law if you're saving a life. So that was the whole argument. That's where it was. And so, you know, what they did was they started an initiative. Now, an initiative, you can put anything on a ballot if you get enough signatures. So they did. (laughs) So they started. Averages hippie, you know, like they knew how to put words together. You know, these weren't just this. These these guys weren't dumb at all. These these guys knew how to write legislation. These these were. Yeah, I mean, mean, you you going up against the government right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so they basically, I mean, I'd say a couple of their initiatives failed at first. They didn't get enough signatures. Um, Of course, you know, during that time, a lot of people saw them as crazy. Like these guys are trying to like put marijuana on a ballot for people, but people wanted it. Like, like that's what, that's the thing. Like people actually wanted this to happen. And so, I mean, at the time it's just like, and not even in, the whole California. This is just San Francisco. This is San Francisco. So it, outside, it's like people looking at them like you're right. crazy. So you know, like that's right. why it, you know them having them words, like you said, and the people and, backing them. And you're talking, you need hundreds of thousands of signatures right. within a time frame too. Like you, you got to deliver these signatures within you know a matter of months here. And so it's like, well, how do you do that? And so <laughs> you know, it's like uh, you got to get the word out. So how do you do that? Well, they thought about that too, and they realized that they need the media. Yeah. Well, it's like, well, okay. So 
how do you get the meat? How do you how do you get your story in the media? Well, they realized that they needed to get arrested because if they got arrested, that would make it in the news for what they were doing. That's a story. Yeah, just and so yeah. these were outlaws, is what they were. These yeah. were gay hippie outlaws, and they changed everything. Like they 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 knew that they were going to get arrested, and they got arrested dozens of times. <laughs> yeah, and. Yeah. I feel like this story is just definitely, because I'm learning so much, just hearing about a lot of this stuff. I feel like it definitely should be uh, more accessible. Like, people should it know is. about these it, stories. It, you know, like, these there people is. Mm-hmm. getting into, like, Brownie Mary. You know, like, yeah. her, you know, what was she, like, in the hospitals or, like, you know. Like, yeah, she was she was delivering brownies to patients that were suffering in hospitals. That, that was her whole thing. And she got busted for that. And she's this really old lady. She's probably in her 80s, you know, 70s, 80s. And she is such a sweet lady doing this. And so when she's in the news, that's tugging on everyone's heartstrings. They're actually on her side. Yeah, so like, so why, now you're riling up. an 80-year-old lady in handcuffs. Exactly. Oh, she's bringing some pot brownies to people that are suffering in hospitals? What are we doing she, here? To people that are sick. She's giving brownies to people that are sick. She's helping people. And you want to put her in hand. They played on people's emotions. And it was very intelligent at that time. And... Really, if you want to know how they really got, like, like all this kind of all comes together is they originally just, like, wanted to shoot a commercial. So, and it was going to be a fake commercial. They wanted to make this commercial about a cannabis club. Yeah. And they were, they basically just wanted their media friends to, to air it. Because they thought that would be so crazy if a commercial during, you know, the 80s. Early nineties, and, and, and you're you're making a commercial about selling marijuana, medical marijuana. That is insane, and and that's going to get you arrested, right? But that's going to put so much so attention. Much on. So they did. Yeah. So they're like, you know, what? we're going to shoot this commercial. It's not going to be real. We're not actually. We don't actually have a club here. We're just going to shoot this commercial, and so they did, and they filmed this whole thing. You can even find it on YouTube. It's it's on there. But you, he's just sitting at a table, just like, hi, I'm Dennis Perone, and this is the Cannabis Buyers Club. I sell weed. You know, something like, I mean, so, yeah. um, he does it better. Did he get arrested for that, or did they? <laughs> well, what, yeah, so, uh, well, what happened was they uh, they filmed this whole fake commercial where they're living and uh, called some of their media buddies, said, hey, can you just air this? And they did. And so this thing airs. And there's waiting. There's waiting there, you know, as this thing's airing. There's like, we're, we're going to get arrested. There's wait, They're all, they're all just, excited yeah, about it. Yeah, it's yeah, coming. Yeah, it's coming. And so, but then the phone rings. And they're like, okay, so they pick up the phone, you know, hey, who's this? Well, it was a AIDS patient who's like, hey, are you guys for real? And they're like, well, yeah, we do sell weed, but yeah. And they're like, <laughs> yeah. okay, well, I need, I need to come buy some because I, I need some. So phone rings again. Another patient. Hey, are you guys for real? Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we we sell weed. Come to our little, you know, little club. Phone keeps ringing and ringing. People took this seriously, and. That's when they knew, like, we got to make this serious. We own something. So, enter the Cannabis Buyers Club. That's how, that's how it kind of started from there. But yeah, it was lots of like media stunts like that that happened, and then eventually, what uh, George Soros, you know, (laughs) richest man in the world, world. you know, he gets a hold of this story and decides to just. What do you think made him like? What what was? I mean, let's like talk about like. What did you think? 
got him to like I'm I'm inside I, I want to help. Well, it's very liberal. Agency. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I the 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 stories that I've read and the interviews that I've done with Dennis Prone and his friends himself, I, I, we didn't really get that far into George Soros, but yeah. he definitely was. Let's just drink to that, man. You let's got drink to, to do, that. You got to do an interview. You've met Dennis Prone. Yes. I mean, that's a big deal, man. Yeah, that was a very cool experience. Definitely, definitely. One of the sweetest, nicest guys you'd ever, ever, ever meet. Just yeah. such a gentle persona personality. Like, I can't even tell you. Unfortunately, uh, you know, he passed away years ago uh, before the recreational yeah. movement. And people say he kind of died. None of, like, I would, I'm surprised I didn't hear of a Dennis Prone OG. You know, just something that, right. like, has, you know, like, yep. I don't you, hear you anybody kind of like. You don't. Yeah. You hear Putting Jack Herrer, Jack Herrer, yeah. everyone knows, you know, yeah. Jack. Uh, but yeah, not, not a lot of people know about Dennis Perone. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he definitely. <laughs> or Brownie Mary. Or Brownie Mary. They, yeah. She's part of the whole story, too. And there's yeah. others, too. And you know what's funny? Is, like, when I interviewed them, and this was, you know, probably like Did five years Did you interview Brownie Mary, too? Or? No, no, she, she's been long past. Well, okay. Yeah. Um, rest in power to her. Yeah, rest but rest she. You know, was was a big part of it too. And uh, but five years ago, when when I was interviewing them, because I was trying to make a film about this whole thing, was when I discovered this whole story, I was like, "How is this not the same as you? How is this not out there? How does right. people just right. not know about this?" And uh, I was, you know, talking to them like, "Hey, like I want to make your movie," because I at that time I was making a little independent film, and I was also working in cannabis. I kind of pitched it to them like, "Hey, guys, if anyone's going to do this, it should be me. Yeah. You know, let me give this a shot." And so. A lot of interviews happen, uh, but yeah, unfortunately, after it's passing, it made things really difficult to kind of like communicate with the fan. I wanted to give them the respect and the space, yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, and yeah, uh, the someone made the Museum of Weed in Los Angeles, like right before the pandemic. Yeah, I that. remember that. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, and they recreated the whole Cannabis Buyers Club, and actually, his husband went there to help them recreate the whole thing. So hopefully. Once that whole thing opens back up, you've got to check that out. All yeah, the viewers, yeah. you guys have got to check out. Yeah. What was it? The Museum of... Museum of Weed. Museum of Weed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember. It walks through the whole history. It's a crazy I, thing. I didn't <laughs> get a chance to get in there. I, I never got to go, but I definitely remember everybody coming to the shop, like, going to the Museum of Weed. Mm -hmm. I'm about to try this lift ticket right here. Yeah. Is that fresh see, baked? Does it say know, fresh baked uh, on there? That's exactly what it says. And yeah. I know you know. So in my box. Fresh Bakes are a very good company. Let's yeah. See what's going it's one on. of them. So George Soros, that's where we left off. That's where we were talking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. He uh he he made the New York Times happen. So once uh the story came out in the New York Times, then it's like it was it was just over at that point. Cuz now you have the media on your just, side. Yeah. Now you have the media has the people. It's like And so yeah, I mean, I, I'm really like so summarizing. So George Soros, would you say like, it, or it, what it eventually happened is this wouldn't have happened probably right then and there. Like he was the big. It like, might have. It wouldn't have happened the same. I right. mean, that's such a big thing to happen, you know. But knowing them and how strong their minds are, Dennis, um, you know, Jonathan is like, they uh, they probably they would have found a way. They would have found a way. Yeah, yeah. But that was just like. That was a good, you know, that was still like a gift from, you know, that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, we're going to light this one for George. Yeah. Light, light one <laughs> for Soros.
But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm really like you see that light. jump. I'm I'm jumping around. I'm summarizing. There's so much more to this story. Uh, it's all in a book. Yeah, I don't um, think this story could be told. You can't talk about all this in like no, no, you no, you would have to like take is... a time frame of the whole story because you you know you're talking about decades. Here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. But you... I'm sure people watching this, they're gonna like you're gonna put them into a rabbit hole that they're going. Then you know what I'm talking about like they're interested now. Like I mm-hmm. I want to know more about exactly these people, these names, yeah. Brownie Mary. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I, I know I want to know about these people. It, you know, like you said, Dennis Perone, like that's the first dispensary. I don't think, you know, a cannabis club, like that's going over people's heads until they really look into it and watch, right. you know. Like, but it's like, you know, it just goes back to the question, how did we get here? You know, and this is how we became medical because, and it all ends, or well, this is not where it ends, but it all leads up to Prop 215 passed in 1996. That's the Compassionate Use Act. That's where everything became medical. Medicinal, where you had to have a doctor's rec. Yeah. yeah. Think, you know, that's, yeah. that's where it starts coming in, where it's like you're not paying for any marijuana, it's a donation. Donation, yeah. I remember, you know, these are your medic, this is your medication. I, I, Staple I the bag. Here, <laughs> I came out here in 2003, the first time I ever came to California to shoot a music video. It wasn't my music video, it was some, uh, some of my fellow people from Philadelphia. But anyway, uh, I remember we was at the hotel and uh, we got marijuana delivered to us. And I remember it being the craziest thing. Like he came over, he opened his bag, he had ace for us to like take a look at. And I was like, yo, you acting like this legal. And then he said, hold up, let me show you something. <laughs> he went in his other bag and he pulled out a folder. At this time it was like a whole sheet. So it was like, no, and it was just like him having this pretty much like yeah, I can do this. Like, I'm fine. I was like, I've never seen nothing like it. But I was like, yeah. That's... Holy the Constitution. Yeah, <laughs> yes, the Constitution. I took for that white widow, and I enjoyed it. But yeah, that was that was like when I noticed, I'm like, California is something different. Yeah, you know. that's it. Everything starts in California. Yeah. If you look at anything that ever happens, I mean, you know. Yes. Yeah, that's, yeah. So it goes California, so it goes the world. The West Coast. And, <clears throat> But yeah, I mean that's that's the story, like in a small nutshell. Yeah, <laughs> there is so yeah. much more to it, and it, it just gets crazier and crazier. Just the things that they went through, you know, going up against the DEA, and that you know now they were being formed during that time, during that, and yeah. the DEA was just as confused and scrambling, trying to figure out who they were at the time, and oh, yeah, it, it's just a whole lot happening all at once so um let me ask you this if you uh where we are now we say dennis and brownie mary we think they will be happy or somewhat you know like feel would they be proud of the the, the... no i don't think so why why, why is that because i remember uh dennis would talk about this before he passed you know this is right around when recreational happened 2018, you know, they, they kind of felt like everything was being undone, their all their work, because their belief, and this is my belief as well, that uh, everyone should have access to. There shouldn't be there shouldn't be a price on this. It's alternative medicine. This, this is you know, the pharmaceutical like world right now. It's like first of all, you know, arguably, I don't know. I'm not an expert. Is it dangerous? 
a lot of it yeah, is people od yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean it's addictive there's like a lot, a lot of, of shit they go on in exactly, there. and uh, it's it's also unaffordable. We we live in a nation where our healthcare system is completely screwed up. Yeah, you know, and it's really hard to afford medicine for the average person. And cannabis is the alternative well, yeah. to that, which and, is and why it's alternative. Thing is, you know, since I've been in the industry, I've had people that come in the shop and they say stuff like, you know, this helps my grandmother or my mother. Or, mm-hmm. You know, she wasn't moving or she wasn't doing this. And now that we using this product, she can move her. You know, it's just like you hear somewhat miracle stories, but they just like, I don't want to say swept under the rug. It's just like nobody really does. In the cannabis industry, it's like it's also not for recognition either. It's like it's genuine. We here to help. Well, that's why it's, yeah, it's federally illegal still. Yeah. It's still not recognized by the federal government. Right. You know, I believe that's going to change this year. We'll see. Maybe next and year. And then it's maybe actually more next year. Undone. Mm. Oh, well, going back, it's just like that's the whole thing. All, all that Prop sixty four was, which is which was passed twenty eighteen, where we're at, you know, legalization is just taxes and regulation. Yeah, the weed hasn't changed. Nothing else has changed. I mean, yeah, it gets tested by laboratories, and that's great. Actually, that that is one good part about it is that like, you know, yeah, a lot of farmers were using uh, pesticides, fungicides, things that were like harmful things that change chemical composition when you light it with fire it can turn into an arsenic things like microbutanol that's just an example yeah. of one chemical component of uh, a pesticide that can damage <laughs> your yeah. your lungs and uh so now everything's lab tested so that's good but you know with the taxes uh you, you start adding excise taxes you know there's two now there's state and city mm-hmm. where in california it's 34.5 percent taxes yeah. why is that that's unnecessary yeah. you know, excise taxes are literally developed and then to, if it becomes federal legal they're going to add more taxes they might i mean of course they will yeah. <laughs> we, <laughs> no, we know no, like, yeah. yeah everybody gotta get something yeah but uh and, and so it, so now you're starting to stray away from why we got here yeah. you know and all the work that dennis perone did you know this is supposed to be for everybody you know, his whole motto was all use is medical use. And what he meant by that is like, even if you're not sick, even if you're not in pain and you want to smoke a joint or you want to smoke some weed and you get a little bit high. Well, his theory is that, that you're coming from a lower place to a little bit happier. place. well, that's medicinal. Right. That's medicine. Yeah. You know, whether or not you knew it, you wanted to feel better. So that's medicinal. Now you could use that argument with alcohol. You can use that, yeah. but <laughs> now you start saying, really yeah. start getting, you know. But yeah. is alcohol medicinal? It can be. It arguably can be, and uh, this is you know an alternative. <laughs> I know a lot of alcoholics have switched over to cannabis, cannabis and it saved yeah. their life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Same with painkillers. I know a lot of people that was like, uh, even with the uh, this right here, um, this cannabis syrup. I know a lot of people that was drinking. Other things, mm-hmm. and switched over to this and it was like a, it's a lifesaver. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, and, so, and that's that's the good thing to have. Like this, that's what cannabis is about. At the end of the day, it's about now, bringing you to a higher yeah. place. But now I start questioning myself because now I'm just like, well, maybe they would. Ex- you know, if you look at things, are just becoming more and more accepted. You know, like grandma's willing to try it now. You know, because yeah. it's just a little more mainstream. So I don't know. Maybe it is. You know, becoming more accepted. 
by the general that public. So that it's like, yeah. I really don't, I would love, if, if Dennis Prone was still alive and he was at this table, that would be a great question for him. But yeah. before he passed, he did, he not did not see any positivity from what was going on yeah, with Prop I mean, 64. They combed through the whole bill, the whole thing. Yeah. And they just tore it up. They're just like, this is bullshit. Because even with the edibles, I mean, like, let's just get out of like, all right, some people are mad. That's just like, like I'm a person that's mad that the edibles not as strong they are right. just because I can't enjoy, I got to take more. But it's people that, you know, like we were just talking about, that's in pain that was using them 1,000 milligram edibles because it helped them. And yep. now they got to buy, you know, they come in the shop and they spending like, all this money on yeah. like because get, everything's to capped at a thousand. Everything's capped at a hundred yeah. milligrams yeah. now. So those you know, someone who was eating a one thousand milligram that's a lot, by yeah. the way. But some people yeah. that's what they need. Well yeah. now you gotta eat ten of those brownies. That's a lot of calories. That's a lot yeah. of sugar. Exactly. It's like diabetics yeah. are now struggling with that, you know, because you gotta watch your blood sugar yeah. at that point. It's like so yeah, there's a lot of things that uh, I would say officials just did not consider when they were now, this thing was jammed through. <laughs> like th yeah. this thing had like had a lot of money. I'm talking about Prop 64. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, because I remember, and I, I voted no. Mm -hmm. I, I, I didn't want. I, I was at that time. I was like wanting it to stay medical. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Some of us knew what was. <laughs> yeah. It was just taxes coming in. You know, that's that's. Yeah. And you know, this they had so many millions of dollars be, behind that campaign. There was no stopping this whatsoever. You know, yeah. so, and yeah, they just, they throw the word legalization on it. Yeah, that's oh, everyone, that's a such a, that's a nice just, word, <laughs> yeah. but it wasn't legalization. It's already, it has been legal. Mm. So, yeah, that, that's, that's where we stand. I mean, it's not all bad. No, it's not. It's not all bad because I, I like, you know, the fact that, you know, like you got people that come to California just for the experience. Like they go to Colorado, you know, like it, it's an experience too. Like, so it, it opens a door where you don't have to come in town, go get a medical card. Because that could be a hassle too, you know, like if you're not from here. Yep. So, yeah, you definitely. know, it, like it has its pros and cons, you know. We try to like make do with it. Yeah. And uh, so now that we back, speed it up into now. What's going on now? Like uh, now it's a whole game with uh, like vendors. Uh -huh. you know, yeah, like, I deal with uh, a lot of vendors. You know, like uh, uh, so so talk about that. Like, what, what, what's the whole? Uh, well, now it's competition. Yeah, you know, because like uh, it's like to to be a licensed manufacturer, licensed retailer, licensed. Oh yeah, before, about, before we go into that, my bad. The whole growing thing, that, I mean, just that switch, the, the props changed the growers. You mm -hmm. know how, you know, everything, when we were in the shops, we were, you had a grow room, it would come, you know, you weigh in your apes, the bud tenders weigh in the apes, now everything comes packaged. And Everything's pre-packaged like, now, liquor, yeah. You know, like alcohol, everything is pre-packaged. So you mm -hmm. want an eighth, it's packaged already. The bud tender is not like, oh, I remember you, let me throw you a little point five. That don't exist yep. no more. Nope. You know, like you know, like the new patients, through the first time patients, you might get a one of these, a pre roll, a grand. Mm -hmm. You know, you you leaving out with a whole bag, and now it's just like we'll take ten percent off the tax. Track and trace. <laughs> the government wants to know where every bit. They want their tax dollars. They want to make sure that 
everything you get is getting sold. Nothing's yeah. being given away. And now they recently kind of did bring back the compassionate use uh, thing where it's like, yeah, you, I mean, there's a lot of stipulation you have to go through to give away anything free, yeah. but you have to at least pay the tax on it. Yeah. You know, they want their taxes. Yeah, at least. Yeah. So. Yeah, so that, so with the growing, um, I mean, like, talk about that. Like, you, you remember seeing, like, the tremors and everything that used to go on, like, when it finally, you know, it was a medical game, you know, and, like, I believe you might have been, you know, it's like, you might have, you know, the secret urban legend has it that Paul <laughs> might have been one of the green thumbs in high grade at the time. I was growing some of the good green back then, like you know. Yes, yes. I, I remember was. you I coming was. out just keefed up and just like, dude, how am gonna get all just, this stuff off my clothes, man? Just gotta <laughs> roll it up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I, I was a cultivator for uh, for a while there for large scale grows. Um. And yeah, I mean, all, all that's changed as well. And any any cultivator, any owner will tell you who, you know, the, the struggles uh, you have to go through now just to even have a cultivation. You know, mm -hmm. the taxes, the regulations, all that has completely changed. And yeah, you now have to have all your product tested, you know, and that costs money too. Mm -hmm. None of that's free. And they take a large chunk of your crop when they have it tested. And on top of that, the labs, you know, uh, they're actually, they're not all the same. <laughs> so yeah. they, they, they all, you know, their SOPs are all a little different. So as what we're finding out is that something that tests at one, let's just take THC percentage, something that tests at a certain number isn't testing the same at lab B. Right. Isn't yeah, testing the same at lab C. C. People have done these experiments already. So you get that problem. That's just one problem. But, uh, but yeah, it's definitely affecting the cultivation world. It's affecting the entire cannabis industry. It's in its infancy. Yeah. It's gonna take years until you know we see any uh, stabilization. Yeah, and then it's, that's just not with, like you said, with 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 Dennis and Mary. What they got into it for was uh, it was it, it was to help people. Exactly. You know, and this 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 is not helping people. No. So yeah, I, now I, I understand. I see why you would say like he wouldn't. He definitely wouldn't be happy with what's going on. Right. Yeah. Not. Yeah. That. That. That's exactly what it is. And um, but you know, it. Not everything is. Is you know. And I mean, I get, everything, <laughs> not everything. It's always a silver line. Something. Always, there's just a lot a of work to do. Yeah. Is what it is, and it, it's just most important that we move towards a direction where there's just more safe access what yeah. you know that that that's the i would say the ultimate goal is in the cannabis industry for people who are still in the medical mindset you know such yeah. as myself it's like we want as many people as possible to have safe access exactly yeah, like that. yeah. safe access safe access for all. to alternative medicine yes I guess like one of my last questions before we wrap it up. If you were able to choose, like, w would you rather have like, and I kind of, I kind of, 
think I know your answer, but what would you rather have, uh, recreational or medical? Medical. Just don't yeah. have to think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, what I really want is just things to, you know, Safe change. I think, yeah. I think like any business owner in the cannabis industry, which I am not, you know, right. I, I've just, I've managed many companies and I've just seen the thing inside out uh, for what it is. Yeah, we. I mean, they just wanted to, yes. to to ease up. But I mean, you know, California in particular is known for having heavy regulations. Yeah. Now, you know, myself, I'm not against regulations, but there is a line that can be crossed. And yeah. are the regulations different from uh, in Colorado and then from here? Uh, yeah. Each state. Uh, so for the states that have legalized, yeah. uh, each one is a little different. A lot of them took some things from California. I would say, but it's in Nevada too, right? Vegas. They, 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 mm-hmm. right a lot of them are a lot uh, more relaxed than 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 California. Mm-hmm. Some, some are a little stricter. Like it's actually looking like uh, Montana is. Uh, they're they're just now coming out with uh, their regulations, and it's it's looking a lot like California. It's like twenty eight gram cap things mm-hmm. like uh, caps on THC milligram in edibles same as California yeah yeah so and, 28 uh, gram cap that just means like you can't if you're not a medical patient if you're just recreational you can only buy ounces that's per day right right like well per, it, you can only have 28 grams 28 on grams you. on you right so that mean like and that's like edibles drink that's like Everything well, edibles is different because then then you're getting into more like the concentrate part of it. But uh, same with like cartridges, tinctures. There, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of gray area there. I mean, yeah. it's pretty laid out. You know, it's you know eight grams of concentrate. We're talking about California. Right. Other states, I don't know off the top of my head what exactly they're doing, but it's pretty much a lot of them are doing the same thing California are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so it pretty much is. We're gonna get there with at some point. Every state soon is gonna have. I think so. A marijuana shop, and the shops started in San Francisco. That's where it all started. Very first buyers club, Castro District. Yes. Yeah. That's another. That's another toast to that. Yeah. Cheers! Cheers to that progress. Yes. So I think that's it, man. I think you uh you got anything you wanna uh say uh, before we wrap it up? I, well we, I um, know we didn't cover near as much as you know we could cover on this situ- this subject. Right. Anything else you wanna add? I mean, not a whole lot. It's just like if anyone was ever interested more in the you know, the legacy of Dennis Prone and what he did, you know, the information is out there. You you can you can Google it. He has a book. Memoirs of Dennis Prone: How a Gay Hippie Legalized Marijuana. It's a it's a Kindle. It's an ebook, but uh, that it's all there, yeah. you know. And I'm just really hoping that more and more people hear this story and uh, talk about it more. And I believe that Pax did actually a 20 minute documentary on YouTube about it. You can look that up. You type yeah. in Pax yeah, P A X Dennis Prone. You can see like a little 20 minute documentary there. Very well done too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just really excited about your show too. I, yeah, I'm so happy that you thing. had Thanks. me here. I, I think appreciate that, you coming out, man. Yeah. Like, this was like a, a, a dope first episode, opening up uh, the the introduction of <clears throat> excuse me, open up the introduction of 
vaccinating yourself proud already, man. Well, yeah. Hot topics. <laughs> hot, hot topics. Hot topics. Yeah, topics. But well, open up topics. the the first episode of Hot Topics, the Cannabis Connector. I just connected cannabis. I connected you to Paul Hansen. He just gave us a really good one-on-one on the medical aspects of how everything got to medical. So those of you didn't know about Dennis Perone, you didn't know about Brownie Mary, and just a, a you know couple people we didn't mention, but you know specifically those two. Definitely, uh, I'm glad that you brought. I'm glad that you brought that to the uh, to the light. We need to talk about it more because they need to know about these people. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot more of them too, yeah. but that's a good start. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cheers. Hot topics. Hot topics. <laughs>